0: minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the pack a day podcast. Welcome back to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. It is the Thursday edition. That means you get me, Steve Perhatch, and joining me again, Dusty Evely. What is up, my friend? Not much, man. Excited to be here after two weeks uh, talking Packers, albeit
1: off a uh, frustrating loss.
0: Yeah, the Packers sit 4-6-1. The slimmest of playoff hopes. They, I believe it's at 3% mm. chance. So they need to win out and they need to have like a unbelievably specific list of things to happen. (laughs) Um, And I loved it. Even Aaron Nagler put it, pointed out, like he saw the list, he quote tweeted and he goes, how sad is it that we have to go through this entire list of, you know, the Vikings have to lose three games. The, the Seahawks have to lose a game, all this stuff to, to even remotely go in. And the one thing that stands out to me is, do you really think the Packers are going to
1: win five games yes. in a row? It, you know, I was like
0: they have won two games in a row
1: yet. I was doing the same thing. I was looking at that list and I was going because it's it's I can't remember the exact scenario, but it's it's four out of five scenarios, and all of them involve at least one team losing like two, two, three games um, over the rest of the season. I was looking at that list. I was doing the same thing where I'm going, okay, like none of these are none of these are that ridiculous. None of these, in and of themselves, are that ridiculous for them to happen. And then I did the same thing you just did. I stopped and went. Well, the Packers have to win out though, and they've lo- like unless they suddenly turn it on, which they've shown no, that they're not going to do. There's no hints of them doing that. Yeah, that's the most unrealistic part of it. Is the Packers Th- those four things could happen, and the Packers are going to lose like at least two, like, two games, I assume.
0: So yeah, the list of it is that the Eagles have to lose one game, the Seahawks have to lose two, the Panthers have to lose two, the Redskins have to lose two, and the Vikings have to lose three. So none of that stuff is crazy. No. I mean, the craziest of it is the Vikings losing three, but they're playing the Patriots, the Seahawks, uh, and they even have the bears in there. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's three games they could lose. Each one of these scenarios has a plausible situation of, yep, that's a game they could lose. The Seahawks could lose to the Vikings. They could lose to the chiefs. Uh, the Panthers could lose. They play the saints twice. They play the Falcons. Mm -hmm. The Redskins lost their quarterback. They have Colt McCoy. The one. So like all these things could definitely happen. And the Packers could go uh, 0-5. Yep. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but. So, yeah, I I mean, I saw that today. But, you know, we've got Thursday, the Thursday morning podcast, which means we've got things to talk about. There's some news, some notes, some signings, some injury reports. So we'll start off right away. Trevor Davis with a hamstring will not be available this week. Do you know what that means, Dusty? Do you know what it means? (laughs) It means I'm sad. It means I'm real sad, Steve. Why are you saying Jay Kumaro's coming to town. I love
1: Trevor Davis. I okay. love
0: Trevor Davis with all of my heart. It's not officially of official, heart. so we have to make that claim out there. Kumaro has been noted saying that he has friends and family coming to the game, so we're all assuming at some point that he's going to be going there. EQ's on the injury report as well with an elbow. He was limited in practice, so, I mean, there's signs. It could be, you know, it could be the... Uh, the galvanizing moment of Jay Kumaro <laughs> catching touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers to save the season.
1: Listen, I mean, I'm I'm here for it. I um I didn't see the Kumaro hype early um in the preseason. Kind of one of those guys. I was a little wary of. You know, he's he's old. Like he's kind of big. He's big and he's strong, but he's not overly fast. Um, at least that he didn't really show that he's overly fast. But like some of the stuff he put on tape, like he he's quick. Um, but he's just kind of he's kind of a big guy and he catches everything. And as a, as the preseason went on, and as Rodgers talked about him through practice, he he catches a lot, and he also seemed, and we were talking about this a little before the show, he seems like he's he's where Rodgers knows he's going to be, which is something that's been missing with these guys. So, uh, you know, Kumaro's not going to come in and light anything on fire, but, man, listen, maybe he's there for a couple big receptions because he's been in the league for long enough, and he knows where he's supposed to be.
0: Yeah, I mean... We joke about it because he was the preseason wonder and Jeff Janis was a preseason wonder <laughs> and then never made it actually happen. But I think that for me, that's the biggest difference between the two was Janis was never where Rogers wanted him to be. Never, ever, ever. Even I'm sure he was probably Rogers in his head was even complaining about like the hail Mary catching the end zone. Of, <laughs> he's like you were supposed to be two feet over that. way. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> But that, I mean, it's just, it's an interesting option to have this late in the season. I mean, I'm kind of shocked that they would be using both IR returns on wide receivers, but here we are. Yeah. It could be, maybe it will be. Because, I mean, if you get somebody who is a quarterback favorite and knows where to be, I was joking around saying you have a new, new t- number two receiver. But, I mean, he could be <laughs> man in the outside spot right away, and it wouldn't shock me.
1: Well, you know, and what I, I can't remember if I said it here or my other podcast or... Just into the ether, um, just in my backyard, shouting crazy things as I often do. Uh, that before the season, it was kind of this. I didn't really want Kumaro to make the team because I felt that he and Allison had the same skill sets, more or less. And and I didn't, I, I didn't. We didn't need two of those guys. You need a, you need fast guys. You needed some speed. So I wanted the rookies to make it because uh, at the time it was kind of this: are all three of those rookies going to make the team? Uh, and with Allison out now. You, it gives you that kind of. It's weird to say reliable because he's never played an official snap for the Packers. But just based on you know his career again, his age, kind of what he showed in the preseason, Rogers talking about him in practice, he does seem like he kind of take over some of that kind of more possession stuff that Allison was doing, and that would be yeah, it'd be big. And he is he is a big enough guy I think to take over the outside if he needs to, um, you know, for a little bit for a snap here or there. I don't know. I'm, I'm I, I hope I hope we see him this week because I think i do kind of want to see what he does out there he could be just a solid possession guy which is
0: fine right now yeah i mean they definitely could use something like that flipping flipping to the defensive side of the ball we do have a signing for the actual squad we have safety eddie pleasant joining the roster and in the corresponding move they have released linebacker Corey toomer so I mean, we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show. This is this is just like a warm body. I know he yeah. played he played for the Cardinals, and I'm sure, yeah, great move by Goody. He's gonna get, they're gonna get so much information out of Pleasant that that they're just gonna light up the Cardinals. Um, it's another body in the backfield. It's nothing crazy to write home about, but just want to make sure everybody was aware of it. Yeah, Pleasant
1: played um, 16 snaps a month ago on special teams in a single game for the Cardinals. So listen, man, the way the special teams has been going, maybe they're looking for that special teams edge. And maybe that 16
0: snaps is enough to get them there. Steve. I mean, you never know. It it could be, it could be, I mean, anything could help this special teams. It has been (laughs) so unbelievably frustrating. Oh, it's, I mean, it it gives you like the Jim Carrey vomit gif every time they, (laughs) somebody punts the ball or it's a kickoff that doesn't get down because I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, Where's it? Oh, look, that's an amazing return. Oh, wait. Oh, there's a penalty. Yep. There's a penalty. And they're not, they're not necessary.
1: Oh, look, that's they're not penalty. getting away from the ball after the punt. They're just standing around it for some reason. Look at that. It's, so it's yeah, like they a, should be
0: coached to do that. Maybe I, I get the dry heaves every time I watch a special. <laughs> that's 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 the correct reaction, Steve. Uh, also signing to the practice squad, the man with the best name in football <laughs> coming to the Packers. Is it Gerard De Beer? I mean, if that doesn't, I know you were talking about needing a new jersey. I mean, I feel like it's screaming. It's like, Dusty, just buy me. I'm looking, it
1: hasn't, I don't know, this is crazy, Steve, but it hasn't hit the pro shop yet, um, which seems like an oversight on their part. Uh, I mean, they just got Bakhtiari. It's
0: got to get there. I I think they
1: just got Bakhtiari this year. So I'm going to give De Beer another week before I start, you know, signing petitions and stuff.
0: Well, that's fair. I, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, injury list. It is a lengthy, lengthy list. It's Wednesday, so, you know, more people not participating. It doesn't mean they're out. But let's start it off. We've got David Bakhtiari, did not practice. Brashad Breeland, did not practice. Ken Charles Bryce, did not practice. Carson, Trey Carson, did not practice. Randall Cobb, limited. Mike mm. Daniels, did not practice. Trevor Davis, did not practice. Jimmy Graham did not practice. Raven Green did not practice. Kevin King, limited. Aaron Rodgers, full participant. So thank goodness hey. for that. Just one. EQ, limited. And Lane Taylor, limited. So we calculated that I was about roughly 25% of the roster. I think tw- a little a shade over 26%, yeah. Anything sticking out to you like that's a huge concern. I mean, this isn't none of this is really news. I, I mean, for me, the biggest thing is is Bakhtiari. We got to see where he's at because even though you're playing the Cardinals, I, I mean, your tackle, I, I don't know. Who, yeah, it's just it makes me sad and afraid for Aaron Rodgers' knees if David Bakhtiari isn't playing.
1: Well, then that's that. It's that left side, right? It's 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 Bakhtiari and it's also Taylor over there. And then you also run into depth stuff. So like if Bakhtiari can't go, what is that Spriggs at left tackle, which makes you nervous already. And then if Bulaga has to miss a snap, like, or a series, or a half, or whatever, I mean, it's that it can get ugly in a hurry. And I mean, yeah, the Cardinals are not good. They're still an NFL team with NFL coaches and players, presumably, and. If you're missing, you know, that those big chunks off your offensive line, that could be troublesome. So, yeah, that's big. And I mean, you know, you look at, um, you know, Green and um, Green and Bryce were both off. Uh, so that's, you know, two of your safeties. And granted, not, you know, Bryce was a starter early in the year and Green saw some time. It's not like they were huge contributors at this point, but that is two safeties. So, I mean, that's it's concerning. But yeah, that left side of the offensive line is 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 troublesome.
0: Yeah, and uh, they do have somebody named Chandler Jones. That can... uh, I'm not not familiar with him. No, haven't well, seen. him. Yeah. You can check some tape on him. He's he's pretty athletic. He can kind of dominate tackles, guards, centers, anybody you put in front of him. Hmm. Uh, wreaks a little bit of havoc. So yeah, that's something that, to so definitely he's a keep an eye on.
1: Good pass rusher. I've been watching our defense for a while. I don't think those exist,
0: Steve. So I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, really it's something you. in the Gatorade in Green Bay. Yeah. Some, maybe it's all the cheese <laughs> that they're eating, something along those lines. It kind of slows them down on the edge, but they do have good pass rushers outside of Green Bay. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good to know, or bad to know.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. So you are the man who loves to study the Packers passing offense. I do. And I love to uh, just check – all your Twitter out during the week because you just, it's so much fun because you put gifts in there. You just it, you drop all this knowledge and the things that you see that, that not everybody does that, um, you know, average person watching a game, you don't see those things. So is there, can, is there anything you want to tell us kind of, we, we talked a little bit about um, you looked a little bit at third down conversions, mm-hmm. uh, things like that from the past week. What was, was there anything that you gleaned from all of your, your studying of the film? I mean, the, the main thing, yeah. the third down conversion thing, what I want
1: to do was, you know, I saw complaints and I was probably one of those. I'm, I'm most people I get very emotional during the game. Um, and then the day, I don't,
0: I don't know what that's like at all. I, I know don't...
1: most people don't, I'm talking, it's foreign language to most of these people, but it means I get a little crazy and my voice gets up and I don't think logically and all that stuff. I try to keep a level head and it doesn't always work. Um, but I've been doing, um, you know, writing about the Packers and covering them from that angle for, over five years. So over in that time, I've, I've kind of developed this the day after. Um, a lot of my emotions, unless it's a really heart-wrenching loss, a lot of my emotions about the game are kind of tampered down. And so I just kind of, I, I, I kind of take that side out of it. And I'm just looking at, okay, what do they do well? What do they not do well? Um, which is an interesting way to look. And so, uh, you know, I, I'd kind of rewatched some portions of these games, but not looking at, you know, focusing on third down. So um, my heart during the game was telling me that, Rodgers was passing up a whole lot of third-down checkdowns. Um, and based on what I saw on Twitter and other places, uh, that, that was kind of a common refrain from people. It was, well, you know, this play here, you know, Jones is open. It's third and two, and he doesn't check down to him. And instead he goes deep and blah, 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 blah. Why is he missing a check? Down? And so that, that's that's kind of the the reason I wanted to do it. And so I went through, you know, not this week, because I did it before this week with the 10 days between games. I kind of took a little extra time and did that. Um, I, I found... I can't remember. I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm sorry. Um, they had a checkdown or a short option on third. I looked at like anything within third and about seven. Um, okay. and I, I think it was. I want to say know. it was like
0: fifteen. If I remember, correctly.
1: sounds right. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it was you know, somewhere between twenty to thirty percent of the time they had a short option, like a checkdown option, and he took that when it was op- an open checkdown option, like something that I thought realistically could have gotten the first down. Um, and he took that option on 72% of the plays. And I think it was, I think he, he had 11 completions. Yeah, it was 15, 15 total that I, that I kind of picked up that kind of fit that 11 completions, 10 first downs. So he hit him like a 70 some odd percent of the time. And when he did, they went for first downs all but one time uh and so in my estimation it's not really the problem that that it was kind of said that it was it, there was anytime you see someone that's short that doesn't mean i've seen like the broadcast angles you all see like the clip thing or even some of the all 22 as well you know this guy's open check him over here well if you actually run that forward a little bit a lot of times what happens is well, there's one the big one that happened a couple weeks ago was aaron jones in the flat on the right and it was well he's open and it's third and two and that's like a 10 yard game that's an easy dump down well he was started roger started his progression from the left and he's working his way to the right and the pressure got to him before he was even through his third read and the pressure pushed him left and so he did not see jones and could not get the ball to jones because he's running to his left away from very large men and could not turn his body to throw back across the field where there was at by that point a closing linebacker on him so you see these little things like that that you see that still image and it looks like why doesn't he hit that guy um and, and, and from what i've seen he's when he has that option he's hitting him more often than not and it's usually going for first down it's just it's it's not that's that's what i found what i assumed it's not as bad as it seemed like
0: it was just from the still images you see running around yeah i mean it's easy you you get an all 22 image and you can just screen grab wherever you want mm-hmm. and it, you see this like a wide open running back and it's I think that's the thing. You see those things and you get unbelievably frustrated as a fan because you're like, he is wide open. Why is it why is Rogers passing that up? Why it's an easy first down, it's all these things. You have you have to realize the game is so much quicker than a screen grab. Mm-hmm. Um I mean that's evolving so quickly. And again, the guys running at him, the lanes. I think that was another thing that you talked about was the lanes available yeah. because there was one that – I think it was either Jones or Williams that was, was right over Williams. the middle. Yeah, this past week, yeah. Yeah, that, that Williams was what it seemed like wide open over the middle, and then you took the other angle, and the defensive tackle is right in his face. Yeah. And there's there's no lane for him to get him the ball. So, you know, those pictures can be deceiving. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with Rodgers, I think a lot of it we are so used to him being perfect – Mm-hmm. That when he's not perfect, everybody's arguing that he sucks. Well, he's still playing a high level of quarterback, just not what we're used to. I yeah, I for- mean
1: he's he's having for for Rogers standards, he is having a down year. I mean, I, I don't I don't want to. I'm not saying that Rogers is fine and no one should worry. Like Rogers has been like this. This offense has not been clicking all year, and Rogers isn't the sole reason for that. But Rogers is certainly a part of that. He is to blame for some of this, but he's also not doing as badly as some people would like to think that he is. I think
0: so on that note, have you seen the theory from Adam Lefko? I, I have not. I don't think I not. it's It's just kind of funny. It makes me laugh, but this is his conspiracy theory. He he has a checkmark by his name. He's a, okay. uh, the host he's got, he's, he works for bleacher report. Okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers purposefully started 4-6 and 1 to get Green Bay to move on from from Mike McCarthy and now he's going to John Wick the NFL. Ooh. Man, so we did on on
1: the other podcast on my pack to the future yesterday we did a, a kind of a kind of a similar conspiracy without the John Wick part. John Wick makes everything better. That was just is he tanking the season to get rid of McCarthy? I like the I like this one better. I like yeah, this one better because it's, it's tanking. The, the chances for playoffs are still kind of slimy alive, but people have kind of, was well, he, is he too old? It's blah, 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 blah. If he just sets fire to the league the rest of the way, it'd be like, part of me would be like, this is amazing. And then the other part of me would say, well, why am I doing this all year? We missed the playoffs, <laughs> man. Uh, I don't know. I like it. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good conspiracy theory. I like that one. I think it can, it could turn into a pretty good movie. So
0: man, listen, all, if he comes I'm
1: out and puts up 50 on the Cardinals, yeah. Throws for and like 450 yards and five, five touchdowns. touchdowns. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I'm all about that.
1: I'd be, I'd be, he just scorched the league and every, like, every single time he throws a touchdown, he just stares down McCarthy afterwards. Yeah. yeah I can
0: get down with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at him. He's staring down McCarthy. And he's not going to the sidelines for timeouts, Justin. It's he's, not happening. He's going to the opposite sideline. He's going to the Cardinals sideline.
1: That'd be all gonna, about, all yeah, about yeah, it, Steve. That'd be
0: good and you know what's going to make this week even better is he's rocking the glorious mustache oh man
1: oh I saw a picture of that today and just
0: I cannot stop smiling about it uh, he always rocks good must- mustaches I love it so we're going to end the show on a little bit of a fun note I want your best mustache of all time and then you guys chime in oh, out. And I man. want you to hit us up on twitter at Steve Furhatch uh, you're at Dusty Evely. yeah Oh so, yeah! Hit us up. Get us the best mustaches of all time. Dusty, drumroll. Uh, go ahead, hit it. What's your best one?
1: Man, there's some good ones. You know, there's, um, you know, the two obvious ones that come up are Selleck and uh, and Burt Reynolds, because uh, those mustaches are just just electric sex. Just both of them. <laughs> if you just see like. Did like, you
0: just say electric? I sex? did,
1: I did. Listen, man, I'm a Tigers fan. Um, and so if you watch, if you see like Magnum PI and Sal cut that mustache oh, yeah, going yeah. in his Tigers hat, whoo, ready to risk it all, Steve. Uh, but <laughs> I'm I am gonna go, and this this I swear this is I I I realize this now. It might seem like I'm giving Rogers a shout out. I'm not. But if he wants to take away that the way, that's fine. I'm gonna go very specifically. I'm gonna say. Sam Elliott, all the time, but specifically in Tombstone. Okay. Like, he's got, listen, man, I don't know if you've seen Gettysburg. Like, I mean, Sam Elliott just always has. I think he shaved his mustache for the season he was in for Justified, and he looked like an odd turtle. So, <laughs> he should always have a mustache, and his mustache is always amazing. So, I want to say specifically Tombstone, but Sam Elliott, for me, number one. When Holy I think mustaches, I think Sam Elliott in Tombstone.
0: Jeez, Dusty, I think we're going to have to get you on just a specific mustache-related <laughs> podcast, because you just made me laugh like seven <laughs> times in a matter of a minute and a half, all about mustaches. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. Sam Elliott <laughs> does have an outstanding mustache. I'm going to go uh, Parks and Rec. I'm going to go Nick yeah. Offerman. I mean, yes. the man, like, there's just a, he's like the man's man in the show, and he mm-hmm. always, he says, like, oh, I, I, that's a good mustache for me, so. Sam Elliott, Nick Offerman, please hit us up. I, I mean, I'm now down for all the mustache-related humor because Dusty's bringing it already. So yeah, please hit us up on Twitter with the best mustaches in the world. Um, please, please, because I know we're missing some, and there are some
1: good ones out there. Um, but yeah, I'm all, I'm all in, all in on that, Steve. If we're gonna be the mustache guys,
0: let's just be the mustache guys. Well. Let's, let's as lean as well. into it. I like it. I like it. All right, Dusty, we will uh, check you back in about two weeks. Yes, and sir. Hopefully, we'll be talking couple packer victories and a couple of losses for the other teams that we need losses for and who knows we could be still on the road to the playoffs so fingers crossed man fingers crossed all right that does it for the Packaday day podcast thursday edition make sure you check back tomorrow friday we'll have more updates on the cardinals games the rosters everything like that for dusty i'm steve as always go pack go mm-hmm. Six seconds ago, ball just outside of the four, Rogers shotgun looks to his right, snap to A-Rod, throws right side, yes, touchdown, and a dagger, The dagger to Andrew Poulos on the right side. Aaron pointing to the right now, gets the snap, looking, throws left side of the end zone, leaping right. From the 42, New York. Fourth down and two. Snapped A. rock Looking downfield, scrambles right. Now winds up, rainbows into the end zone. It is caught. That's the end zone. Touchdown, Green Bay.